1: This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by MyBookie. Use promo code Gators to double your first deposit only at MyBookie.ag. This episode of Gators Breakdown is also brought to you by Shark Coatings. Visit SharkFloorCoatings.com when you need professional floor coating services done right the first time. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus starting at $3 a month. because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. It is Florida, South Carolina, this weekend in the swamp, four o'clock, Senior Day. Get to send some seniors out for the last time this year and their careers in the orange and blue. Joining me to. Preview it all. Will Gunter, 107.5, the game in Columbia, South Carolina. He joins me each and every year to preview South Carolina. A good friend of mine up there in Columbia gives us an in-depth preview of the South Carolina Gamecocks and team that's 6-3 and and a lot of good going on there uh, in Columbia. We'll get all uh, into that with Will Gunter. But before we get there, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. really, really helps us out. That thumbs up right there. Hit it. Hit it. Uh, let's for whatever. Hey, hey, look, if you're listening, I don't know what I don't know what my like record is, but let's let's do it right here. I mean, we're all excited after the big win versus Texas A&M. Good content coming your way right here from Gators Breakdown. Let's let's hit that like button. Let's let's see how high uh, we can get that. The bigger that is, the more Gator fans can find Gators Breakdown on YouTube and check us out on Gators Breakdown Plus. Of course, link is in the description. Gators Breakdown dot supportingcast dot fm. You get uh, SEC Coaches teleconference week in and week out. Extra conversation going on on the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord. giveaway giveaway, Florida, South Carolina tickets this week. So a lot of good stuff happening there uh, with Gators Breakdown Plus, uh, of course. So just, I, I like it. Good community uh, we've got right there on Gators Breakdown Plus. One more time, the link is in the description. Right here on Gators Breakdown, I am joined by Will Gunter from 107.5 The Game in Columbia, South Carolina. Talks Gamecocks day in and day out up there. Will, thanks for hopping on Gators Breakdown one more time to preview these Gamecocks.
2: Yes, yeah, that time we, we finally get back to our kind of usual spot in mid to late November, and uh, and the weather will be a little bit cooler, a little bit more interesting. So glad to hop on and do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So all right, let's get to these Gamecocks six and three so far this season. Uh, is the team where you expected, maybe even ahead of schedule a little bit?
2: Yeah, I don't with This has been a great topic of conversation really the last two weeks for South Carolina fans because, you know, I, I said this, I say this, and you're, you're familiar with what I'm about to say. You know, we, we preview these games. You spend nine months, January to, to you know, the end of August saying, all right, here's what's going to happen in college football season. Here's what we think is going to happen. Here's who we think is going to be good and where games you're going to win. And then you get into the season and all of a sudden you go play Kentucky and Will Levis is out and you're able to beat them. Maybe they're a little they're a little bit more undermanned than they were. Texas A and M is absolutely in collapse mode and, and then all of a sudden you look next week and Tennessee's a top three team and potentially even maybe the best team in the country. These are not things that we discussed uh, <laughs> during the <laughs> summer when I saw you at SEC media day. And so to, to answer your question, well, all of a sudden, you know, if you'd have said six and three going to Gainesville, people would have signed up for it. But a couple of weeks ago, South Carolina lost at home to Missouri. And now a lot of people say, well, geez, we really should be seven and two. It feels like a letdown. So, you know, people are happy. They are bowl eligible. Uh, the offense has been a major issue all year. A lot of fans up here are fed up with it. Uh, expect changes at the end of the year from Shane Beamer on his offensive coordinator, but, uh, you know, right now, there's, it's kind of one of those things of, yeah, six and three is nice, but maybe we should be seven and two, maybe even eight and one with a capable offense and, and maybe having a chance at Arkansas again.
1: Yeah, you're a good point there. You know, Florida fans look at a, a, lot, a lot of the same ways, a lot of close games and in some tough competition. Uh, and then look at both teams kind of maybe play up their potential Saturday. We could be in for a special game. Uh, between Florida and South Carolina, so uh, of course Shane Beamer comes in. Certainly, love so far in Columbia uh, with what he's done with the, with the program, digging itself out of the the Will Muschamp era. Uh, why do you think he's been successful in a turnaround there, and, and maybe even more successful than many thought he would be?
2: Well, they're they're catching breaks. I mean, that's that's they're they've caught a couple breaks, and you know you go back to last year, and that's a perfect example. You get florida and auburn last year at a time where florida was kind of coming unglued you know south carolina florida played earlier in the season last year and you go back was it five you know better than i do th- week three i believe or whenever florida gave alabama all they could handle yeah. in the swamp and then by the time florida rolled into Bryce stadium there at the beginning of november it was a totally different florida ball club uh, morale was was very well was very far down and Heat had been turned up on Dan Mullen, all these kind of things that happened. And, you know, and, and what I've said is, okay, maybe Florida was not what you expected them to be. Maybe they're not the Florida that you typically get. But a it seemed like South County, you have to take advantage of that. You know, when you get your chance to kick someone when they're down, you have to do that. And they did that last year. And then fast forward two weeks later, Auburn is Brian Harson was trying to survive and things were falling apart for Auburn and they come to Williams Rice Stadium and Kind of the same thing happens, and you're able to kick Auburn when they're down. So you take advantage of those last year, and you go from what very well could have been a four and eight season with no bowl to a six and six season. You kick teams while they're down. You take advantage of their deficiencies, and then you win the bowl game. There's a lot of excitement. We'll, you know, go back to this year. Kentucky was down. Yeah, the easiest thing is the world to, is to go up and lose to them. South Carolina was banged up that night. Um, you know, but Will Levis was out. South Carolina was able to take advantage of a backup quarterback and win convincingly. Texas A&M, obviously that's a game that South Carolina you got off to the great start, but Texas A&M is an uber-talented team. They, they're not lacking for talent, but South Carolina was able to kick them while they were down. And so you, you take advantage of situations uh, in, in times like this to build your program and to cement the recruiting class you have. And I think that's the, been the biggest thing right now is that when – that's what made the Missouri loss so bad a few weeks ago is that South Carolina, when given an opportunity to win a football game, So far under Shane Beamer's tenure, they've been able to win it. You know, Missouri was the first time South Carolina was a favored team under Shane Beamer, and they lost the game. So that I think that's been the biggest thing so far as they continue to rebuild the program. When opportunities are there, they've taken advantage of them.
1: Good outlook there, and of course, the outlook changed a little bit for South Carolina going back to the springtime. Spencer Rattler transfers from Oklahoma comes in, takes the quarterback job. Uh, doesn't look pretty at times, but he does show that ability, that, that, that knack to go out there and make some plays and maybe even a little freelance style sometimes.
2: Well, you know, as the great debate here is, is it, is it Spencer Rattler is just, just an average quarterback or a slightly above average quarterback or is the offensive system he's in really prohibiting him from, from being that guy. There is a belief that offensively South Carolina does have some weapons. Juice Wells at Mm -hmm. wide receiver, Josh, was really good last year. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd is one of the better tailbacks in the league it, it, when given carry. So, you know, you're not lacking from offensive weapons, but the play calling has been very suspect at times. A lot of plays have either been behind the line of scrimmage with passes or they've been 20 yards down the field. There's no real intermediate passing game. And so it's been a little difficult, I think, to, to maybe assess just what is Spencer Rattler. I think the, the phenomenal question, especially in this day and age with the transfer portal, you know, no, I, I kept trying to bring it up during the summer and nobody wanted to hear it. Well, what happens if Spencer Rattler doesn't have a great year and he has to come back and he's not projected? Well, he's got eligibility left mm-hmm. and he really is not at the year. He's not had a year where he becomes a definitely not a first or second round draft pick. And I don't know if he's draftable at all at this point, given some of the deficiencies he's shown and seeing the football field and some of the chances he takes. Well, if you come back, Southman's got a pretty good quarterback room right now, pretty deep. And you know, again that transfer point you can transfer without sitting you know out having to sit a, out a year so I, I think that's kind of the interesting thing with him and this offense and everything looking ahead to 2023 and so forth and so on
1: yeah so I guess you know you you were talking about with the with the OC uh, that might play into it as well so, <laughs> Who do you guys bring in uh, next year there for a for quarterback and maybe Spentler, Sp- Spencer Rattler's continuation of his career at South Carolina
2: yeah, I mean, you're right. The the offense coordinator is going to be a big part of it. South Carolina could conceivably lose the majority of their offense in the offseason. But with the COVID year, they could, they could also potentially bring a bunch of guys back who will maybe want to take one more year to enhance their draft stock. So there's a lot that's going to happen after Thanksgiving for South Carolina. Uh, you know, again, the good news is they're bowl eligible. You're going to play an extra game. Uh, you got a chance this weekend to maybe get to seven wins and improve your bowl uh, scenario a little bit. So there's good things there. Um, but still changes are going to have to be made in the all season for this program. to Take another step.
1: Well, let's go to maybe the biggest story of, um, uh, of the game for South Carolina. And that's running back. Marshawn Lloyd did miss last week versus Vanderbilt, with that deep thigh bruise. Uh, what's the latest on him? Uh, and if he can't go, or if he is limited, uh, what do we expect to see from South Carolina?
2: Uh, my guess this could change. Now, Shane Beamer plays injuries very close to the vest. I mean, most people knew that Marshawn Lloyd was hurt and there was going to be limited. And then it wasn't until, uh, I guess, when the team arrived at the stadium to get off the bus and nobody saw him get off the bus that they realized, oh, boy, he's he's not he's not even in Nashville, let alone going to be wearing a Gamecock jersey on Saturday night. Um, so, again, Shane Beamer will keep things very close to the vest. My gut is that he will likely be out again. And if that's the case, you're going to see him go with Jaheim Bell and, and Juju McDowell. McDowell, the smaller, quicker version, had five carries for 48 yards. Uh, if you can get him in space, he's a dynamic playmaker, but he's not a guy that you want to run between the tackles a whole lot. And then you've got Jaheim Bell, who, again, is a is a is really a jack-of-all-trades. He's, he's a 6'3", 235. He, they've lined him up at tight end. Um, he can play wide receiver. Uh, you've got to kind of get him the ball last week, 16 carries for 56 yards. Uh, He can make some things happen if South Carolina can block, but he's also not really a threat to, you know, take one off the left side and go 80 yards per se for a touchdown. Um, He's a guy that's going to grind you down and wear you out if that is the direction they want to go. And then they'll throw in some reverses and try and get some guys involved and some other specialty calls to kind of enhance the run game, if that's the direction they have to go, which which as we sit here on a Wednesday, I, I really, I got a gut feeling that that's what it's going to be.
1: Uh, and, and last week, uh, the, the carry-on joiner uh, was out there, uh, maybe even used uh, a bit more creatively than you guys uh, w- would have expected. Uh, is that something that also may play into this game if, if, if Lloyd's out?
2: Well, I, again, what I'm saying kind of goes back to a big, Concern and big uh, uh, point of emphasis for South Carolina fans, like, hey, you have got this to carry on, Joiner. You know, you, you it, I don't know if people realize this. To carry on, Joiner's last ten passes are completions. That goes back to last year in the bowl game, and he has two touchdowns. Um, you know, he's he's a natural guy with the ball in his hands, but that's really the first time we've seen him utilized that way this year. You know, why does it take you eight games, the ninth game of the season, to put him in that scenario? And you know what you had after the bowl game. Uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like you, he graduated and then decided to come back in game eight this year. So there are a lot of people who say, OK, well, that worked last week. That was not a bad. It's worked in the bowl game. Maybe, maybe just just out of out of the sake of trying, give it a shot again and see what you can do. And so it. it I, I'm with you, I think. You know, normally you, you would say, oh, well, this worked and we should probably be prepared for that. Well, who knows? For all I know, you may not see the carry on joint or take a single snap at quarterback on Saturday afternoon, which people will say is the craziest thing ever, but it would be right in line with some of the things we've seen with this this offensive play calling.
1: Yeah, I hear you there. I was going back and looking at the Vanderbilt game, and I, even even I was saying, kind of where has this been <laughs> this season for South Carolina? Um, will Gunter, 107.5, the game, Columbia, South Carolina preview of South Carolina Gamecocks. We'll move to the other side of the ball before we sign off with him. Will, 99th in the country uh, in, in rush defense. Florida comes in the 20th best rush attack in the country. Is this, honestly, just simply where the game lies, in your opinion?
2: I think it's a big part of it. Yeah, I think it's a big part of it. South Carolina has been serviceable against the run so far this year. Chris Rodriguez uh, had over 100 yards at halftime and finished the game with 126 yards. So they, they held him down in the second half. Devin A. for Texas A&M had over 100 yards of rushing in the first half and ended up fish, finishing with 99 yards. Um, South, Carolina has, South Carolina has been run on. They're, they've got some issues at linebacker, and the defensive line has got to continue to get better. But the linebacking position has been a major uh, concern for South Carolina. They are going to start to experience players in twelfth uh, year senior Sherrod Green, uh, and then and then Brad Johnson, I think, is also in his about his twelfth year, but it's more of a defensive end. And Green's had some injuries; he's kind of just just not the player that he was. They lost South Carolina lost their top linebacker, Mo Kaba. Uh, in the second game of the year in the Arkansas game. And they've got some younger players. Debo Williams, number zero, is a solid player that can go in there. But uh, he's still learning. And Stone Blant is a true freshman they were very excited about uh, and has done some nice things. But he's a true freshman, and he's learning. So South Carolina, they are what they are. It's going to come down to tackling. And that that was the big deal last week. For whatever reason, against Vanderbilt, South Carolina all of a sudden turned into an extremely – poor tackling team whereas you go back to the Texas AM game and South Carolina did a great, Jane, a great job of of keeping A chain uh in their grasps and and getting him to the ground. And you know, you've got a big quarterback tomorrow or tomorrow. Saturday in uh in Anthony Richardson, six what, 235", two thirty five, two forty. You gotta get him to the ground. That that's where he hurts you. You know, he breaks three, four tackles and the next thing you know there's four defenders laying on the ground and, and he's sprinting down the sideline. I think South Carolina. I don't think they'll necessarily get gashed in terms of wide open runs. Where I think they can get hurt is he just goes off one side or the other and runs into two or three guys and they fall down and he keeps going.
1: Yeah, Gator fans, definitely. You know, with the success versus uh, Texas A&M on the ground and last week for the Gators and of course throughout the season, uh, I think that's probably you know what we're pinpointing uh, the difference right here for this Gator offense and that South Carolina defense. Will last thought from you. Looking at stats, uh, of course, you can dive in deeper by watching South Carolina game in and game out. Not great at getting sacks, but there is pressure there. There's only 13 sacks this season, but that also, at the same time, has not hurt the pass defense as far as you know the stats go. 30th-ranked pass defense in the country. you got some true freshmen in the secondary making some plays for the Gamecocks. Uh, what, what's there uh, maybe up front pass rush-wise, but also uh, on, on the back end with some young guys back there for the Gamecocks?
2: Yeah, they don't have that scary pass rusher. Uh, it was supposed to be Jordan strong uh, transfer who came in actually last season, and this was going to be his second season. And he is out for the year with a uh, with a knee injury, suffered against Arkansas. So they've had to rely on a younger player, Gilbert Edmond, uh, who's, I guess, I guess I get these years all confused now because of COVID. But I, I guess he's either, a, might be a redshirt freshman since the COVID year didn't count and he didn't play last year. Um, whereas, you know, he's in his third year. But he's he's come along and had some nice moments. The other end, five-star defensive end Jordan Birch he's a really bigger kid, 6'6", 280, more of a uh, run stopper as opposed to uh, get after the quarterback guy, although he's created some pressure. Southland's at its best when they send uh, linebacker Brad Johnson, who was a converted defensive end, converted edge guy after the quarterback. He, he specializes in that. And that's really where they've been able to create some havoc and get to a quarterback. But they, they don't have that guy that Florida or anybody will line up and go, OK, we have to know where that guy is at on any given snap. And they're addressing that in recruiting. They got some really good players coming in. But, you know, as far as Saturday goes, you don't have that guy who you think, OK, we've got to send a running back over to chip or a tight end over to kind of chip off of that guy. You know, it's a scenario where right now Florida's going to be able to probably keep five guys in if Carolina's rushing four. You know, Carolina don't have to blitz to create pressure. And they've done that at times. They can, as you just said, they can move you off your mark and, and force some throws. But in terms of getting guys to the ground, it, it seems they're always about a step late.
1: I right, Will, man. I can't thank you enough. Joining us right here on Gators Breakdown, year in and year out, previewing these South Carolina Gamecocks. 107.5, the game in Columbia, South Carolina um, once again, uh, look the, the, it was last year was the beginning of the end for kind of Dan Mullen for Florida fans are' kind of hoping it's uh, a, a beginning of a turnaround this season for for, for Billy Napier.
2: I mean, that's it you know we talked about it this morning with with Billy Napier and and certainly uh, it's been a roller coaster for him this year. It does look like Florida will get bowl eligible. that'll be good even if it doesn't come this weekend you get you get Vanderbilt, I believe next weekend and then Florida State. Uh, and that'll be a big step. It is, you know, you look at the East and and uh, probably do a whole other show on how sustainable whatever Tennessee is doing right now. But, you know, the East is up for grabs. There's a, a belief that, at least with people that I've talked with, that Mark Stoops maybe now sees the writing on the wall and that he's kind of peaked out at Kentucky. And, you know, is, uh, Kentucky has certainly now shown that they can be a competitor uh in the east and, and everything but I think Mark Stoops has had a lot to do with that and I don't know if another coach can come in and replicate that success Missouri is kind of a team that again South Carolina Florida should be beating more often than losing to but this is kind of a game all right who who wins and maybe takes that step that you go okay is ready to compete maybe next year you're year after with Tennessee and Georgia if Tennessee is sustainable so it's a big game down there. You know, you look at this series. Obviously, Florida owns a very overwhelming advantage. But the last 12 times these two teams have met, uh, the series is tied 6-6. Six and six. So, South Carolina has done a good job being competitive. They do only have two wins down there. Uh, the famous one in 2014 where Will Muschamp was fired uh, the day after. Uh, it was an incredible performance there by the Florida special teams. But the the bottom line is it's, it's a big game, I think, for both teams tomorrow. Because you feel like, I, I guess Florida's got a little bit better chance against Florida State than South Carolina against Clemson. If you're Florida, you win out, you go eight and four, and you feel great about Billy Napier's first season. If you're South Carolina and you win, it looks like you can get to seven and five. Maybe you beat Clemson, but seven and five would be another improvement over last year. And again, I mentioned that recruiting class, so it's a it's a big one down there on Gainesville on Saturday for for the direction of both programs.
1: Mentioned that recruiting class. I'm going to keep Hammer at home. It, it hurts to see Pup Howard out of here in Jacksonville going to South Carolina. You, got, you guys are going to love him. Great, great kid. I, I, I'm hoping he'd be an orange and blue, but uh, you guys are getting a good one there.
2: Yeah, we talked about the, the problems at linebacker. Good chance he comes in and, and uh, make it, makes an it immediate impact next year, which is something South Carolina needs. All
1: right, there we go. Will Gunter, 107.5 the game in Columbia, South Carolina. Will, thank you for previewing these Gamecocks.
2: Always glad to do it, buddy. Glad to talk to you and hope you hear from me soon.
1: You know, sports, you pick winners all the time. So why not get paid for them at my bookie? My bookie has the biggest online selection of odds and contests for all your sports betting needs. Anytime, anywhere, bet on the NFL, NCAA or swing for the fences with the brand new money bag. The my bookie money bag is a one of a kind opportunity to spend for crazy odds on props and futures. Just place your bet spin the wheel, and get ready to score epic odds on the best teams, athletes, and events. Sign up for free today, use promo code GATERS, and claim a deposit match of any amount up to $1,000. Again, that is promo code GATERS right here on Gators Breakdown to claim your deposit bonus and give yourself the competitive edge. It's not just a sports book, it's a community. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. You know the
0: goosebumps you get when Florida takes the field? Or when that 63-yard Hail Mary actually works? Or the thrill of a game-winning interception in the end zone? What a rush! You can experience that same rush every day at your home with shark coatings. We'll cover your old, ugly concrete with a beautiful industrial concrete coating and a warranty that lasts longer than most careers in professional football. So whether your garage floor is for parking, partying, or working out, Shark Coatings can transform it. And if your pool deck is starting to look like a bulldog, old, cracked, and smells like pee, Shark Coatings can transform that too. Shark Coatings is easy to clean, stain resistant, and is 100% antibacterial and antimicrobial. We're easy on the eyes and on the maintenance. Gator Nation is worldwide, and Shark Coatings is based right in the heart of it. So whether you live in Brunswick, Georgia, or Live Oak, Florida, down to Ocala, over New Smyrna Beach, or anywhere in between, Contact us for a free estimate today. Learn more at sharkfloorcoatings.com. That's sharkfloorcoatings.com.
1: All right, let's get to even more on the South Carolina Gamecocks preview and their game as they travel to the swamp to take on our Florida Gators. You might hear some sniffles and stuff. I've got some sinus problems going on. It's been an issue Uh, for as long as I've been doing Gators breakdown. Has gotten a whole lot better recently, but hit me hard today. So you just have to bear with me. But all right, let's take a look so far. South Carolina schedule this year. They opened up the season. 35-14 victory over Georgia State. Then two straight losses. They go to Arkansas and lose 44 to 30. and then go to Ath- or host the Bulldogs and lose 48 to 7 to the Bulldogs in the third game of the season. Then went on a little run. Did South Carolina four straight victories? Beat Charlotte 56 to 20, beat South Carolina State 50 to 10. Okay, yeah, you expect those. And then, as you heard Will mention, and a lot of us watch at the same time, Will Levis not playing versus Kentucky. South Carolina goes on the road. I think that was Chris Rodriguez's first game back, maybe for Kentucky or around that area. But either way, South Carolina gets the victory 24 14 over Kentucky. Uh, and then the turnover fest uh, against Texas A and M. Texas A and M goes to Columbia. Uh, raucous crowd that night in Columbia. Uh, they believe uh, they returned the opening touchdown or kickoff for a touchdown. They caused some turnovers in the first half. Got a big early on Texas A and M, and then hung on for a 30-24 victory over Texas A and M. And then the disappointing loss. They had all the momentum of that. Four games in a row, you beat Texas A&M, you beat Kentucky, but only to turn around and lose to Missouri 23-10. And then last week, a 38-27 victory over Vanderbilt. So last time out, you look at that Vanderbilt game, they put up 17 first quarter points, got up big. Had a season-high 31 points in the first half, but it never looked back 38-27 on Saturday night. All right, so there you go. Look at South Carolina's schedule so far this year. Six and three is their record as they come to Gainesville. Um, Coming off wins in each of their last two SEC road games, so played on the road here versus Florida winning at Kentucky and at Vanderbilt. It's the first time they've won back-to-back SEC road games since 2012 when they won at Vanderbilt and Kentucky in consecutive road contest. Now, here we go. The last time South Carolina has won three consecutive SEC road games came in 2011 when it won at Georgia, at Mississippi State, and at Tennessee, and they went eleven and two that year. So of course, those were their Spurrier teams. They're at South Carolina. So two thousand eleven is the last time they've won three consecutive SEC road games. We certainly don't want that to be twenty twenty two. Is a the recent? They haven't won three road games since the twenty thirteen season. There are two road games in twenty twenty two. This season marks their highest as 2018, by the way. So they outside of the SEC, just in general. Right, let's take a look at the stat comparison between these two teams, as we do each and every week. Kind of give you a preview right here, what these two teams look like against each other. Gators have the edge on offense when you compare the two. Gators 41st and FBS 7th in the SEC at 430 yards a game. South Carolina 89th in the country, 10th in the SEC at 368.3 scoring offense. Hey, look, they're about even. <laughs> um, total lot I mean, the yardage doesn't say it, does it? Uh but gamecocks do put some points on the board of course, you know, it's a defense, turnover, special teams, all that comes into play here. Setting no, up good, you know, South Carolina in great field position sometimes uh, at points this year. But scoring offense almost dead even. Gators 49th in the country, South Carolina 50th, so that's good for 8th and 9th respectively in the SEC as well. Gators sit at 31.2, South Carolina 31.1. So as far as scoring offense goes, they're pretty even. Rushing offense, big, big, big edge to the Gators, of course. 20th in the country, third in the SEC at 208.8 yards a game. South Carolina only rushing for 136.4 yards a game. That's good for 85th in the country. 11th in the SEC. But, of course, we can go back to last year. It's kind of similar. Heard Will mention it. And then, and the, the, of course, you can go back and look, you know, with Florida's disinterested, of course, going on later in the season. But it still was a game. Florida was running the ball okay at that point last season, going against the Carolina defense that was struggling running. They couldn't run the ball all that great either for their offense, and they run all over Florida's defense. So, similar here, Florida running the ball, well coming into the game. South Carolina not. Doesn't mean – You overlooked that. Passing offense, Gators 85th in the country, tied for 11th in the SEC at 221.2. Carolina holds the edge there. Good for 71st in the country, ninth in the SEC, 231. So averaging about 10 more yards a game in the passing offense is South Carolina. Passing efficiency, they hold an edge there as well. Uh, Touchdown to interception ratio, not great for either team. Florida, much better recently, of course. With Anthony Richardson's string of games, three now with no interceptions. 10-7 to ratio for Florida, that's good for 94th in the country, 11th in the SEC. South Carolina, even worse. They're tied. 11 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. 112th in the country, 12th in the SEC. Total defense, big edge. South Carolina, not a great defense by any means. When you look at the comparison here, chart is on YouTube if you're watching the video version. It's going to explain it right here. But total defense, they're 62nd in the country, so yeah, nothing special. But when you compare it to Florida and 114th in total defense, you see the contrast. Gators giving up 441.4 yards a game. South Carolina 371.7. Scoring defense, South Carolina edge there. 55th in the country, 24.9 a game, 10th in the SEC. Gators, 90th in the country on scoring defense, 11th in the SEC at 29.2. Rushing defense, and this is where you have to kind of compare to the Florida offense, of course, Gators. Rushing offense, 20th in the country. heard Will and I talk about it. South Carolina's rush defense, 99th in the country. So, Florida rushing offense, 20th. South Carolina rush defense, 99th. They're giving up 171.8 yards a game. Go back to Florida. They are rushing for 208.8 yards a game. So, that to me, that is, of course, the storyline of this game. Florida needs that to show up once again in this game. Gator's 110th in rush defense going against the 85th rushing offense for South Carolina. Passing defense, South Carolina, big, big edge here, 30th in the country, giving up basically 200 yards a game, 199.9, at six in the SEC. Florida giving up 256 yards a game. That's good for 100th in the country, 11th in the SEC. Uh, Turnover margin, let's just go down the list here. Turnover margin, Gators 12th in the country, tied for first in the SEC at plus eight. South Carolina, minus five in the turnover margin department. Tied for 100th in the country, 11th in the SEC. Gators, 18 takeaways, 16th in the country, tied for 1st in the conference. South Carolina, 15 takeaways, 38th in the country, 4th in the SEC. Interceptions, that's the big one for South Carolina. Tied for 15th in the country with eleven. Gators 49th. Gators, of course, getting those fumbles this year as well. Sacks allowed. Let's compare that. Go down to sacks per game as well for South Carolina. So sacks allowed for Florida. Nine on the season. That's tied for 13th in the country, third in the SEC. South Carolina sacks. 114th in the country with only 13 sacks. Tied for 13th in the SEC. So Gators should be able to protect Anthony Richardson. Just don't need to to allow that pressure either. South Carolina can pressure the quarterback. The sack numbers aren't there, but they can pressure pressure the quarterback. Gators need to score in the red zone. South Carolina gives up. 87.9% opponent red zone percentage. Tied for 100th in the country. 12th in the SEC. And then go back to the bottom right here. Sacks per game, mention it once again. Uh, Gators not up there either. I mentioned South Carolina 114th in the country. Gators are 95th. But tackles for loss, South Carolina not great there either. 107th in the country with 43, 4.8 a game. So there's another game right here. The Florida offense may just be able to get going. Need to see what we've seen lately just kind of carry over. But there is a look at your statistical comparison for the team's biggest edge is Florida's rush offense versus South Carolina's rush defense. Of course, that's what stats say, and it's not always that easy. Not always that easy. But you hope that it plays out. Gator run game been consistent most of the year. All right. So the teams, Florida, South Carolina, they've split the last 12 contests, as you heard Will say, 6-6. and Last season, South Carolina scored their most points in the series, its largest margin of victory in a 40-17 win over Florida and Columbia last season, of course, was pretty much the beginning of the end for Dan Mullen and that staff. John Hevesy, Todd Grantham, fired... After that game, looking at South Carolina, they've tallied 30 or more points in six of nine games this season, scored 30 or more just three times in 13 games last season and haven't scored 30 or more points more than six times in a season since 2018 when they accomplished that feat seven times after putting up 38 points, including 31 in the first quarter and 492. Total yards at Vanderbilt, they're averaging 31.1 points per game, gaining 368.3 yards per game, 136 on the ground, 232 in the air. Last season, South Carolina averages 22.6 points a game. Thirty Up to 31 now, big, big improvement for them. As I said, it's been set up by special teams. They play good complementary football. They're averaging 368 per game after averaging 336 last year. About a 30-yard difference there for the South Carolina offense. Oklahoma transfer, Spentler-Rattler, Gamecocks quarterback, of course, joined the team in the spring, 162 for two fifty-one, completing 64.5% of his passes. A lot of short passes there. Short passes go over the top. That's kind of the formula right now. You heard Will said there's not a lot of intermediate routes there in this South Carolina offense right now. 1,837 yards, eight touchdowns, nine interceptions this season. But he has been better of late. 102 of 150, 68% completion percentage. 1,115 yards over the last six games. His three touchdown passes last week at Vanderbilt was a season high. So, running back Marshawn Lloyd, you heard us talk about him. He's He can tote the rock. He can be a bruiser at that running back position. He's locked a team-high 100 carries for 556 yards. That's 5.6 yards a carry. That's seventh in the SEC. Behind Florida's running backs, of course, Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne. He's fourth on the squad in reception, so you, that's what you got to watch, too. Florida did a great job against Devon A-Chain last week with Texas A&M. But if Marshawn Lloyd can't go, South Carolina's going to miss a running back carrying the ball and have the use him out of the backfield in the passing game. He's fourth on the squad in receptions with 17 for 173. After carrying 27 times for 75 yards, 2.8 per carry, and two scores over the, last, uh, two scores over the first three games. So it started off a little slow. But since then, he's rushed 73 times for 481 yards, 6.6 per carry, with seven rushing touchdowns over the next five contests. So first three games of the season, 2.8 yards a carry, but the last six, 6.6. Did not travel to Vanderbilt last week, nursing a thigh bruise, but he's third in the SEC with 11 touchdowns, nine on the ground, which is third in the SEC. and two receipt. With his next rushing touchdown, this is how important he is. He, for South Carolina, moves into the school's top 10 single season list in both rushing touchdowns and touchdowns scored. Wide receiver, Juice Wells. Junior transfer from James Madison. Favorite target of Spencer Rattler. He's been targeted 54 times. Team-leading 41 receptions, 574 yards, 14-yard average with four touchdowns. He's seventh in the SEC in receptions per game at 4.56. Tied for seventh in the league in receiving yards per game, 63, basically 64 yards a game. And he has nearly as many receptions, 41, as the next two Gamecocks combined with Jalen Brooks and Austin Stonger. Josh Van, he was their top receiver last year. Breakout season, 43 catches. That's 19th in school history with 101 career receptions. He's been relatively quiet so far this season 11 catches, 122 yards, but did score his first touchdown last week versus Vanderbilt. So they got some nice pieces. It's like the, the, the offense is somewhat better this year than last year. Nothing explosive. We just can't get Josh Van going after he had a breakout season last year. First touchdown was last week versus Vanderbilt. Jaheen Bell, you heard us discuss him. He can line up anywhere on the field. 16 catches, 184 yards. He had a 46-yard touchdown reception versus Georgia. Uh, 35 carries for 120 yards with two touchdowns this season. So 16 catches, 35 carries. He had 16 carries last week at Vanderbilt when Marshawn Lloyd was absent. They got him the ball even more You you heard Will say, and you can watch South Carolina, they probably should use it even if Floyd's out there, get creative and using ways for Jaheim Bell to get the ball. They do have some depth along the offensive line. Um, Some minor injuries, several starting lineups so far this season. They used six different starting offensive lines throughout nine games. Center Eric Douglas, right guard, Javon Gwynn are the only offensive linemen who have started every game this season. But an experienced offensive line with a combined 174 starts. So as you heard us say, they're not very creative on offense. Yeah. Stats don't you know back it up either, or the stats back that up. Not very creative. That's held this offense back. They're they're frustrated with the offense. There, I'm talking to Will. I've got a friend who's a South Carolina fan as well. Just they're very frustrated uh, with the offense. Did get a little more creative versus Vandy last week. Maybe they were trying to work on those things, knowing the end of the season's coming up, schedule gets a little more difficult after Vanderbilt, but they were also missing Marshawn Lloyd. So was there was their hand forced a bit to do this? They were able to keep Vanderbilt, especially early in the game, off balance. You know, you're kind of looking now, if you're a South Carolina fan, and looking from that angle, was it more than just playing Vanderbilt? You know, they, they, they did go vertical. More than they have this season. We'll see if they bring that into this week versus Florida. If they try, you know, another game to bring some pressure, create pressure up front like we saw in the form of last week with the Gators in that second half versus Texas A&M. They did come out with a quick passing game early on last week, scripted drive, mixed in some play action. So just got to stay sound. I mean, you can I just get off to a good start on defense, I mean, that's something that's lacking. us the, the next step of pro- progression. Well, actually, the next step, next step of progression is just we at least need to see another good half of football, right, for this Gator defense. But if you are going to take the next step this game, could it be getting off to a good start for the defense? That's something we haven't seen. And that's just something maybe even – the hopefully last week there's some confidence built in that second-half performance versus Texas A&M to where – the bleed over is starting much better this game versus South Carolina. They can get the confidence early. What would that do for this defense? And player, I'm, I'm really looking out for if they're going to create if they're going to keep that creativity up, South Carolina, especially if Marshawn Lloyd is out. The carry on joiner, you heard us mention him. They can get him involved creatively. Go back and watch some of the highlights versus Vanderbilt last week, and they're shifting the running back, and he takes a handoff then loops around and throws it, makes some direct snaps here and there, wildcat formation looks. As the season progresses and them dealing with injuries, they're trying to find ways to manufacture yards. And you you heard Will say they don't know if they're going to get that week in and week out. There was some creativity last week. Will they try it again this week? So they, it's on tape. I mean, Florida's going to have to prepare for it now. That is one aspect of getting creative last week. And whether it carries over or not, well, Florida's got to prepare for it. Part of wins up front, it doesn't really matter. I mean, that, look, that's the hallmark of a defense. If you win up front, it doesn't really matter what you do. Doesn't matter what that opposing offense does if you're winning up front. Punch him in the mouth. Need to be able to limit Rattler, of course. He gets creative. Not necessarily taking off. and hey, he, he can take off and run, but it's not necessarily what you're worried about. He still wants to create maneuver in the pocket, move the pocket, escaping to make a throw. He still wants to make that throw. A lot of short throws, very conservative-looking offense a lot of the time. And then try to go over the top. They can give up sacks, as we saw. Gators need to take advantage there, win up front, continue what we saw last week, aggressive in coverage, pressure up front, try to create those turnovers. Don't, Don't make it easy for them. That's what we've seen too many times from this defense, is just making it too easy for an offense. Of course, Rattler did play the skater team in the Oklahoma Bowl game a few years ago. That doesn't mean anything right now. Different staff, him on a completely different team. The skater staff, different, of course. Nothing really going to bleed over from that, but just a nice note if you forgot that. The Cotton Bowl 2020 season. Spencer Rattler did play in that game as Oklahoma quarterback. Uh, let's move to the other side of the ball. South Carolina, defensive coordinator Clayton White, Immediate payoff for Shane Beamer taking over for that Will Muschamp deep I mean, mostly Will Muschamp defense, of course, him be having that defensive background turned around for that unit to be much better than you know in Muschamp with his defenses. He's a good defensive coach. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying he just could not get it done at South Carolina. Clayton White comes in. Shane Beamer comes in. White had Carolina allowing 24 points per game. Last season, that was down from 36 in 2020. 12-point difference improvement last year. So they were strong in the secondary last year. They have some more questions there this year. Ranking seventh in the country in pass defense while forcing 24 turnovers last season. Had 15 picks. This season, they're up a tick, allowing 24.9. So, about a point more this year. But lead the interception. Lead the SEC in interceptions. Excuse me, guys. South Carolina. Lead the SEC in 11 interceptions. Tying for 15th in the country. Now, I did go back and look a little bit with that. Six of the 11 interceptions came versus Charlotte South Carolina State. So they did what they were supposed to in those games, but it's not like they're turning over SEC teams a whole lot. But it does show the potential. The potential's there. If you don't want to take care of the ball, they'll take advantage of them. Interior to defensive line for South Carolina, led by all SEC candidate Zach Pickens, appeared in all 44 games over the past four seasons for him. 29 starts. Career-high 12 stops at Arkansas earlier this season. He's fourth on the team with 35 tackles. Edge rusher Jordan Birch, high school teammates of Gamecock defensive tackle Alex Huntley, so a little connection there. But he was the second-highest-rated player to sign with the Gamecocks behind only Jadavion Clowney. He had a career-high 10 tackles at Arkansas. And was, look, you know, Pickens, Birch. Both career highs versus Arkansas. That was a game they lost. Burch is third on the team with 40 stops. Six tackles for loss. Team leading three and a half sacks. So that's the one you watch for. Nine quarterback hurries. Gilbert Edmond, he's been forced into more action with injuries. Edmonds responded to 31 tackles. Team high, eight tackles for loss. So there's you guys. There's South Carolina's making tackles behind the line of scrimmage. These are the guys you're looking out for, especially Edmund. Team high, eight tackles for loss. Two sacks. Team high, nine quarterback hurries. Then great name, of course, Tonka Hemingway. You're not going to forget that one. Knack for the ball. He's recovered a pair of fumbles. Scored on a two-point conversion. Caught a 16-yard pass on a fake field goal. Beamer ball. Three sacks, six tackles for loss among his 21 stops. So, Tonka Hemingway, somebody to look out for. Just calls it a great name. But... They put him on both sides of the ball, special teams as well. Or, you know, with special teams. Uh, 6'2", 200-pound Darius Rush. Size, length, tri- intriguing pro prospect there for South Carolina. Former wide receiver turned cornerback. Best game against Texas A&M a few weeks ago. Led the team with eight tackles. Returned to interception 59 yards to set up a score. Forced a fumble along with a pass breakup. He was SEC defensive player of the week a few weeks ago. Darius Rush. Seven tackles last week, his second interception of the year versus Vanderbilt. And the true freshman, Nick Emanwari, is a local product from South Carolina, inserted into the safety position in the first series of the season after an injury. He's played regularly since, became the first member of the freshman class to earn the starting assignment for South Carolina, double figures and tackles twice, logging 11 stops at Arkansas, Game-high career tackles, 14 versus Georgia, all solo stops. But back there in the secondary, so don't necessarily want to see that a whole lot. But he can make the stop. True freshman getting his action there. Also true freshman, D.Q. Smith. Played there in Columbia, Spring Valley High School. He's become a regular in the starting lineup. A lightly recruited quarterback in high school. Put him in the secondary, 34 tackles eight at Kentucky, an interception, a sack, a fourth fumble, five pass breakups this season. But last week, you know, Vanderbilt, they fought, they stayed in that game. Last week, Vanderbilt put together touchdown scoring drives of 75 yards twice, an 81-yard touchdown drive, an 87-yard touchdown drive. So they had to work for it. But some long touchdown drives there for Vanderbilt last week. But this is another game I think, I expect. This Gator rushing attack should be there. Run a ball, run it well. Slow down that Gamecocks pass rush. Not a lot of sacks, but they do pressure. Slow them down a little bit and stay on schedule for Florida. Get that ground game going. Make it easier for Richardson. Make it where you don't have to go for as many fourth downs. Make those third downs a bit easier. That's... Something I want to see from this Gator offense a little more, some some push on third down, third and short situations. Go out there, make it where you don't have to have the decision to go for those fourth downs. Now, some of it, of course, this play calling is some of those third and longs are there, or, or Billy Napier set, trying to set up a fourth down. But if you go out there and make those third downs a bit easier. But also looking at the same time, Cannot forget about Beamer ball, and it went from Frank Beamer to his son, Shane Beamer. The Gamecocks have blocked a school-record five punts this season. So hopefully Florida didn't even have to punch ball. <laughs> but if you do, more than likely you're going to have to. Have to watch out for South Carolina blocking punts five times so far this season. That's second in the country, only behind Notre Dame had a fake field goal last week versus Vanderbilt. They haven't missed a field goal all season. Special teams are an emphasis for South Carolina and have gone a long way this year in that 6-3 and three record. So got to be ready. You saw Florida on special teams earlier this season have their issues. Hopefully they do not creep up versus South Carolina. And South Carolina, with that, look, you got to look for them pulling out all the stops to try and get this upset victory in the Swamp on Saturday. But even with that, I just don't see it, and I'm buying in, and maybe too much. 38-20 Gators. I am uh, I'm, I'm. going 18 points right here. Well over the spread. I've been hard on this team this year, but I, I'm feeling it for some reason. Maybe too much stock in the defense from last week. I, yeah, I don't know. But I, I believe in this offense. I believe in this run game to get that ground game going and just really put it on South Carolina. Uh, There's a lot like South, uh, Texas a and last week, and you had so many chances to just put that game away and blow that game out. There's a lot of similarities here. Playing against a bad rush defense, a defense that's better versus the pass. Texas AM was good against the pass, but Nancy Richardson made some plays. I, do, I feel hesitant going this big because of what we've seen so far this year, but kind of a theme this week for me has been putting together a complete game. I'm not sure if Florida's that much better than South Carolina, but if you put a complete game together, I can see it. And I feel like Florida's close to it. I feel like Florida gets close to putting a, p- a complete game together. I, we'll have our issues and Hopefully it's just nitpicking and that's all said and done. But I I some reason I feel you know like I don't go on feels and hopes a whole lot. But I, I feel Florida plays really good this game. Richardson continues his streak of good play. The run game goes off. Defense continues to show improvement. It's not going to be special. If they go out there and do that again, then we can start talking about what kind of crazy turnaround, but that means they got to go out there and do it. I still see 20 points for South Carolina. Now look, when picking this, I won't be disappointed if Florida only wins by one. Like I said, I don't think Florida's that much better, but I think if they go out there and play that complete game or close to a complete game, I can see it happening. I just, for whatever reason, I, like I said, I don't go on feeling too much. But I'll, I'll go, I'll go with it here. I'll go with it. 38 20 Gators. I think these teams are pretty equal from what we've seen on the field this far, so far this year. But I think Florida at home, last home game of the season, Billy Napier's first season. Maybe I'll just claim Florida puts it together. And that translates 38 20. I can't even, I can't believe I'm, I can't believe myself that I'm picking an 18 point victory for the Gators right here. But I'm doing it. You can come back and, Troll me, laugh at me if it doesn't happen. But hey, there we go. Had a little bit of fun here. 3820. That's my pick for the Gators over South Carolina. All right. Uh, that will wrap it up for this episode of Gators Breakdown. But everybody, uh, with the storm coming in Florida, especially if you're in coastal areas, uh, close to wetlands, rivers, all that stuff. Uh, be careful. Uh, it's, uh, hopefully everybody stays safe out there. I know uh, we don't get to deal with these type of storms in November too much, but if you're listening to this, be careful out there. Heed all the warnings. Uh, I'll be out there working in it sometime this week, ready for Saturday to, to, to get to the game. Uh, but everybody, stay, fi- stay safe out there uh, if you're having to deal uh, with this storm coming across the state of Florida. I'm your host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, Thank you for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.